Today's episode of If We Ran Nintendo is brought to you by the amazing patrons over on Patreon. Let's kick it off with the gold standard members, Andrew Semichek, Brendan Myers, James Johnson, Ryan Turford, Coach Timbo, Sheldon Benedict, Hyrulean Julian. Then we move on to our platinum producers, the one, the only, the glorious one, Mr. Mark Moody. We hit off, we finalize the Diamond executive producers, Bobby Miller, Lee Navarro, Ted, Corey Hicks, and our newest patron, my cousin Dawn Becker. Thank you, Dawn. We really appreciate it. Now, Sean, let's get on to the episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 154 of If We Ran Nintendo. I am Bobby, the Nintendo guru, joined by the greatest co-host in all the land, Mr. Sean Capra. Bobby, it's a fr- the Friday, twas the night before E3, before Sean flies on a jet plane and goes to Los Angeles. I'm coming into your country. I'm, I'm climbing up over the wall tomorrow, Bobby. So just, That's amazing. You just better be ready for the Capri penetration. <laughs> oh, God. Into Please the, stop. Into the America. Please stop. I heard about. I heard how your president talks. He does. He doesn't have any problem. Well, he's only got a problem with your prime minister, but I don't think he he minds Canada too. I much. think he admires him though. I think he thinks he's got a nice style to him at least. Yeah. He may not agree with his policies, but whatever, man. Who does? He probably likes the white the, the fact that he's single. That's true. He's not he's, single. What do you mean? He's not. Well, he's, he's not married, man. is he? Yeah, he's a family man. He's got a beautiful is he? family. Of I thought he, he wasn't. Why did I think he wasn't married? Because because he's a model and you, or he was a model before. Yeah, possibly, and, I could care less about Canada. Who cares? Yeah, well, you're the only thing enough. I care about in Canada. I'm wearing I'm wearing a whole bunch of gi- I got a Giants football sweater on. And I've got a San Francisco Giants hat on. Bobby, what do you think Thanks. about that? You don't match. And might, might I add, there's a lot of Canadians I like too, like Mark Carabin, Joel Brooks, yeah, Tony Baker. I Rival. need to specify that because I don't want it to be like um, you know, I'm racist to just. Did you, you hear when I, like I forgot it. about all the Canadians? <laughs> <laughs> from the patron. I was like, Mark Carabin knows what I'm talking about here. I'm like, is there any other Canadians? And then, like, after I finished recording, I was like, freaking Joel Brooks, freaking Ribo, like, yeah. all these people. Like, there's all so many. People. Yeah, there's Good so Lord. many. Good yeah. Lord. I'm a dumb dog. I apologize, though. On the Whatever. Discord and on the post. Yeah, you don't care. I don't care. Sean, let's kick this episode off like we do each and every episode with our geek shout outs. Out. Geek out to Bobby. I've got all my, I got new mm. shoes for E3. I got blue shoes. You want to see? Look, I haven't even like got the tags off yet. The cool little blue shoes. I have to get like LA, LA wear. It's going to be hot, Bobby. It's going to be like 28 degrees Celsius. You, should, you shouldn't buy new shoes for all the walking you're going to do. They're nice shoes though. They're comfy. That's just what, what, what you stop what, it. What should I do? I don't have good shoes, Bob. You should have. What would you have? Well, if you, you if you were going to get them, you should have bought them and wore them for a week. Can I, can I tell you in. something? Can I tell you? I have had zero time to even think about this trip. Like, I had to print things off, like, in between meetings this morning, and I, I haven't packed or anything, and I've got to do, like, I get to do. I shouldn't say I have to. Um, oh, speaking of geek outs. Last night, we did an amazing crossover podcast with the Trophy Room and the Xbox Drive. It was so much fun. We did it at twitch.tv slash Sean Capri, and it's available on both of our feeds. Tons of fun, but that was going to keep me from even thinking about the actual trip of E3. So I'm kind of panicked right now. So here's the thing. Joseph Moran and I are, are live streaming the Xbox conference. 
Oh, dude. Okay, so I'll, did you, you you weren't watching the stream last night? The, no, I don't I, know if you, dude, it's started okay. late, man. Come I know, on. it's late. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm, yeah, not, I'm not mad. Yeah. Uh, but, Bobby, the thing that I said there that I will promise you guys is if they reveal a new Forza game and they drop a car down, like if they have some sort of car or vehicle thing happen for Forza, turn up your volume because I'm going to be screaming, so loud we're going xbox drive we got oh did i tell you oh there's another thing I'm oh my god this is not the xbox drive yeah well these are the xbox drive shirts bobby oh i got boy. i got shirts <laughs> oh boy bobby oh boy it's gonna be a good time you guys just so turn up mm. your volume when they start talking about forza at the e3 the microsoft uh uh thing thingamajig it's gonna be good man it's gonna be good I'm geeking out about pretty hard. Okay. okay. So, I got to take Lincoln to soccer tomorrow morning, and then like two hours after that, I'm at the airport. <laughs> Good Lord. Bobby, I'm so stressed. So my, so my, so my first shout out. Oh, right. Uh, I got two this week. So the first one goes to Adam Leonard. Um, today, he Uh-oh. sent me a picture that he drew of Bill, my favorite animal in Animal Crossing. And mm-hmm. it was so very nice. But I want to let you know something, Adam. Even though that was a very nice gesture to me, I still will not record my audio Damn. Like, personally for me and Toby. We're going mm. to continue to record through the Skype Damn. recorder, and that's just the way it's going to be. You're going to have to that's- deal. And I don't want to hear that you stop listening to us because I will slap the hell out of you and never Probably buy a lemonade again. Start with. He listens. He likes that episode. Man, it got, it got dark. He likes that show. That shade that you're throwing over here. There's no shade. Stop it. Okay. Stop it. And then, the, the, and then the second shout-out I have is for Dream Daddy Bobby because he's Damn, coming back. He's coming back. <laughs> he's coming back. <laughs> Dream Daddy got announced for Switch, and I had promised people that if it comes to Switch, I will play it. And out of the shadows comes the Twitter handle, Dream Daddy Bobby it. again, and he starts uh, tweeting again. So it's going to be pretty awesome. It's going to be a I lot of fun. It. I love it. Remember, it freaked you out before. Remember, you didn't know anything about it. You didn't know well, there, there's actually I, a, a gentle person on the other side. You just yeah, it I, just, I just thought it was a creep, and it, it kind of freaked me out. And then when I found out who it was, I was like, oh, okay, it's no big deal. And then they, they got offended and stopped. Not yeah. offended, but he got upset because he upset me. And yeah, I was like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, yeah. the joke. Yeah. yeah, it was just you know it was a joke, and I that's a great took it, joke. I took it the wrong way though. Yeah, well, I mean, you know what? You had a lot in your mind at the time. Well, yeah, that's yeah, it is what it yeah. is. <laughs> um, another quick run of shout outs, real quick. I want to I want to give a shout out to Josh Thomas, uh, Patrick McNamara, Nintendo Talk. Um, oh my God, Rogers Base, Joe After Work, N sixty four, Josh. Ryan Turford. Antonio Guillen. Antonio Guillen. Yeah, dude, man. my dude, that he just loved that guy. I'm with um, you. I got Danny Ward from Switch Island. Like, everybody that was able to help me out. And I got two more episodes of the E3 predictions in the chamber. They will go Monday, uh, Monday morning. I'm going to do one at, like, 7 o'clock in the morning, and then the other one's going to launch at noon. And then... We're gonna we're gonna kick it off Tuesday. We're gonna be coming with some stuff. But dude, these guys all just stepped up. Every single person that I asked to be a part of this E three, Justin Masson, he was the first one to do it. Oh dang, yeah, um, that's right. Every single person that got involved in this 
just thank you guys so much because you made this week spectacular for me. Like every single day I had another prediction show going up and like people loved it. People were literally just like, these are the best episodes ever. Like we're just getting to just listen to people, make predictions, and then we have full conversations about it. It turned out to be so much better than I thought. This will be something I do every single year from here on out. Um, and I'm going to schedule it better. And I'm going to do next year. I'm going to do two weeks solid every single day leading up to E3. Like I'm just going to just hammer it down. So I can't wait. For next year's E3. And we haven't I'm, got to this year's E3. So I'm glad, man. That, that's that's the kind of thing that makes me really upset that people are really seeming to really enjoy that E3 might be going away. And yeah. it's like, you don't you don't get this anymore. No. Like, yes, you might have everybody tuning in and you get all the YouTube views for a, a trailer like Death Stranding. But, like, you you just remove such a huge pillar. Like, this thing where we all come together. I've, I've mm-hmm. ranted about this before. But this is a great example of if you don't have E3, then, like, you're not doing those episodes it doesn't pull yeah. people together in this joyous sort of way which was always the spirit of it to to begin with yeah and of course it brought anyway i don't want to go on a rant no you're glad fine. You, had, yeah. you, had, you had great you had great episodes man thank that you was awesome glad thank people you. were enjoying them yeah they were they were so much fun and it was nice to reconnect with people like that's the thing about those type of episodes yeah is because you get to have people back on the show that mm-hmm. you might not bring back as often as you have mm-hmm. um and and seriously, like it was so amazing to sit down and record again with Antonio. Like it's been, oh, I know, it's yeah. been a long time, like two man. Years, maybe two years almost. Yeah, and uh, just dude, we just got right back. Boom, just jumped right in, started going, it. dude. It was so good, man. Mm-hmm. And he is so goofy and quirky. Did like, did we talk about his last his Death Stranding video that he did? I didn't watch it yet, but you did. It's you so did say good. how good it is. Yeah, I gotta watch, watch it. it. I gotta watch it. Um. So yeah, it's it's been a lot of bla- a lot of fun. Nice. So Sean, yeah. Last week, when wait, we wait, wait, if- wait, wait, quick, quick shout out, quick shout out. Okay, go ahead. N sixty four Josh and Hoshue mm-hmm. Ponce have both reached out to me, and I think there's a, a high possibility that we're gonna high five in L A. So anybody else, I want to give a shout out to anybody else going to L A. And if we if we cross paths, there's gonna be a guy I think gonna reach out to you. His name a is guy. Jo- just Cliff. Oh, sweet. Um, please, if he reaches out to you, please go meet this kid. I love it. Last year, he messaged me, and he wanted to meet me and Joel's. And yep. he was like, can I please meet you guys? And I was like, yeah, man, no problem. And we we set it up, and me and Joel's were sitting there. He came over. He just came over, took a picture, took a selfie with us, shook our hand, said how much he liked what we do, and then he went his own way. I love it. He's oh in our, He's in our Discord. He's a great yeah, kid, man. Up. Yeah, I told him the other day he was. He asked if I was going. I was like, "No, I'm not going." I said, "Sean's going." He's like, "Oh, I know, I know." He's like, "Maybe he'll let me." You know, I'm like, "Message him, Sean." I'm will a meet hugger. You. Watch out! Yeah. I'm a hugger. Bobby knows this. <laughs> I, I jump onto Bobby like a like a face hugger, like an alien. Oh boy! Just like arms and legs around his big juicy melon. Yeah, give him a little kiss too. A little just, on the cheek. We're just gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it. A PG. lingering, a lingering kiss. We're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it PG. Um, yeah, on the cheek. Okay. It's a French kiss on the cheek. Okay. Um, (laughs) Good Lord. Good Lord. Okay. So last week we introduced this new thing we're going to do annually. So every year we're going to do this thing. This will be the first year that we do it. And we decided we were going to build the Nintendo Hall of Fame. Yeah. And um, it's – it's so basically what we're doing is is – I brought seven games. 
Sean should have brought seven games. I have seven games. Okay. Well, I don't know because you forgot all about what we were doing. So I already had it done. You did not. You were I so did full. Have it done. Well, you you messaged me things like, should we do this? I'm like, Sean, the Hall of Fame. You're like, oh right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? While we're throwing shade back and forth, how about we <coughs> talked about the thing that I was saying that we should be doing for the first episode of every month, but obviously forget about that as well. So whatever, man. It's all good. You know what? Don't start your nonsense. I love this- you. I'm <coughs> tired and I'm stressed. I'm sorry. I'm, let me walk that back a little bit. You better walk it back. Um, oh, take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So essentially, we both have seven Nintendo games. I don't have uh, anything. I'm just kidding. I, I wasn't, I'm not prepared. I'm sure Chris is not. I have, and then, I have. And then two two people to come mm-hmm. and so and then we're gonna we're gonna basically give our nominations and then talk through like why we nominate them, why they should be there, why they shouldn't be there, whatever it might be, and then kinda come down to a, a five. So five games will get entered, one person gets entered. Mm-hmm. So uh, and the other the other caveat was it had to be a game that was five years removed. So it has to after it's launched five years later, it can then get nominated to go into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just a little bit more difficult than I thought it would be. Yeah, because um, I was trying to keep it strictly Nintendo games. Yep, same here. Um, I have a question mark around one that I want to ask you about. Yeah, and but we'll and, get into it. And I think moving forward, like as we get a couple years in or whatever, we might be able to go like, "Hey, if this game is a Nintendo exclusive, or this game at the time was a Nintendo exclusive, then you know, can we utilize it or whatever?" Like, what I'm thinking is like, what if we were like, "Hey, Castlevania," mm-hmm. like at the time, those were Nintendo exclusives. Should they be eligible? And we can move forward as we, you know, as each, as we go forward. But this year, I felt like it has to be all Nintendo stuff yep. coming out the gates. Um, let me ask you a question. Because if this was a true Hall of Fame, I think of like the WWE when they do their Hall of Fame. And they have a big presentation. And they 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 show it on WWE Network. Yeah. Who would you think should host Ooh. The award show, like the Hall of Fame ceremonies. I'm tempted to say Reggie at this point. You think, Re- but I don't well, know. I don't but know. I don't Reg- know. He's, I don't not, know the- he's not like as carry. He's not as like jovial as I think yeah. he might want to host to be. Yeah, but that's want- like the first thing that came to mind as like a as a legacy that he could continue that on. But like he had that was such a weird way about him that like he shouldn't have been able to do really anything that he was tasked with doing and yeah. and capture an audience. But he still managed to do that. So I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Did you have somebody in mind? Only thing I thought was like, I don't know, man. I, my first thought was like Kevin Hart, but then I didn't know. Oh, like uh, not not a Nintendo like, person. Not, not a Nintendo person. Oh, like okay, anybody, okay. anybody. You know what I mean? Like now the WWE does it, and they have like Jerry Lawler do it, and then they, you know, but and, and that's, Wait, that's kind of what I was thinking with this one. Yeah. But but like I don't know that there's anybody. I mean, maybe Bill Trennan. That's exactly what I was thinking, actually. Like, Bill Trinan would probably be the best to mm-hmm. do it. Um, and maybe that's who, you know, that, that would probably be the best way to go. Because he's kind of funny, you know, and he's, he's got some comical stuff that he does. But he's also serious as well. 
He might be the best one to do it, actually. Maybe Bobby the Nintendo Guru should host it. Oh, please. You don't, you don't want me hosting it. I mean, maybe. Um, you know well, who? You know, well, well, technically, I am hosting it. So there you go. There you go. Yeah, right now. Um, yeah. Jimmy Fallon would be pretty good that, at it. He would be good. He would be really good, that honestly. That Switch reveal was, was pretty good, That man, he's, he he's kind of in Nintendo's back pocket. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's, that's true. Okay. Well, that's my answer. All right. So, how do you, do you want to... Do you want to read your list, and then if I have a game on that list as well, I'll say I have that game, and then we can kind of discuss why that deserves to be on there? Sure. Yeah, we can do kind you of wanna, go one at a time. I was going to say, do you want to work through the entire list first and then go why we think it should be on there, or should we just... Well, let's give like a, a quick pitch maybe for each okay. game, and we can okay. kind of, then you can kind of go like, no, I think that game sucks ass, which I'm sure okay. you're going to do. Um, All right, what's so the first yeah. game on the list? Okay, yeah. well, the first one I want to start with actually what I think is maybe the one of the weaker ones. So we'll start here. Okay. Um, and okay, so before I even start, I wanted to what I wanted to do is look at the games that not only were some of the best in the catalog, but changed the trajectory for video games in at least a certain way. Yeah. And so with that, I would say that I want to start with GoldenEye 64, because my argument for that is that before Halo, before we we're really doing anything first person shooter, GoldenEye 64 proved that first-person shooters, which were generally seen only on PC at the time, was not only doable, but in a lot of cases, people preferred that. And it also meant that you could take a license and turn it into an amazing game as well. Four-player split screen, I think to this day, it has some of the best difficulty settings in terms of cranking up how hard the, the enemies are, what it does to your health, and then adding objectives to it is like so tied in and integral to the James Bond experience. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't run very well, but I don't think that matters when you're looking at the... When you're talking about a, a Hall of Fame entry, I think it's the impact that that uh, game or in, in athletes, mm-hmm. what impact they had in their time, in their era. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't look at, like, Bobby Orr and go, like, well, he would suck against hockey players today. Yeah. Like, that's not that's not really how. So yeah. I wanted to kind of, like, lay that out there to... to um, I think it will allow other games that maybe doesn't, don't hold up as well against other games today, yeah. but they were so important that they need to be recognized in this yeah. Hall of Fame. And I think to, to, to kind of write off what you're saying, like the idea is is that what the person does, like a Bobby Orr, what players do today, might they might never do if Bobby Orr didn't show that, them what call. to do. So mm-hmm. it's very similar in, in thinking. I also have GoldenEye on my list okay. because I felt the same. Like I took my list the same way. Mm-hmm. I took my list to, to say, like, what are games that that not all of them do this, but like, what are the games that revolutionize gaming? Which are the games that like put Nintendo on the map for a particular reason? And yeah, at that time, there were no shooters on mm-hmm. a Nintendo console or on any console. Really, I mean, you had Doom and such, but there wasn't like what not I want to what I want to say to built for it. Well, but what I want to say is, like, you had Doom in terms of, like, the, the first person, the first player, the single-player campaign, but it wasn't a shooter-type thing where you had four-player split-screen and you were kind of mm-hmm. going at it and doing your thing. GoldenEye, to me, this is me personally, and this is why I feel like what I'm doing with this list shows how much I take I took this serious. Yeah, I hate GoldenEye. Yeah, <laughs> GoldenEye well, I really made me sick to my stomach. Mm-hmm. I literally had a splitting headache for hours. I couldn't mm-hmm. touch, and that was the first sign that you can't play first-person shooters. Um, but 
I know what this game means to so many people and what it did for Nintendo at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those games that, like, when it hit, people were looking at Sony like, well, you don't have anything like this on the PlayStation PlayStation 1. So I'm with you on this one. I, I, I think it, you know deserves to go in okay is, we'll see we'll, we'll see how it stacks up because that was i feel like that was one of the weaker ones but we'll see okay. how it goes what uh what, what is your next game that you have the next one that i have is one that i don't necessarily like similar to you like i don't really have a whole lot of love for this but i don't know how you have a list or an entry uh into a hall of fame without a game like super smash brothers melee on there okay and then I, I picked the i picked the first one i think I, I was trying to remind myself of like the rules that we had i think it was like uh two generations or did we pick one generation gap so it can't be anything on switch yeah and it can't be anything on wii u i believe i can't remember if we did two generations yeah but even if that were the case so that that has i thought we um, changed it at one point to just go five years or five years okay yeah yeah. so even that but i I felt like that was going to have some implications on uh, a mario kart game as well yeah yeah but um so super smash brothers melee is something that i sort of like put forward but i actually i don't know man like i think it's super important and i think Mm -hmm. the achievement of all of the different franchises and somehow making it like work not only from a licensing standpoint but from a gameplay standpoint people loved it and changed um fighting tournament tournaments like evo and got nintendo on that stage i think is pretty important and then it also made playstation try and chase that that flame as well um Mm -hmm. and they failed tremendously at it so for those reasons i think it, it deserves to be an entry i i feel like this was not on my list Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm probably going to catch a lot of hate for this. But my feeling with that is it didn't revolutionize fighting games. Yeah. It made them more accessible. Yes, um, it, it it showed that you could have fun fighting games rather than a serious fighting game. It made it more of a party game. It took a fighting genre and made it party. But it mm-hmm. also allowed it to be serious as well. Um so, and I know what it means to so many people. Like, Melee to this day is still one of the games that people just, they lose their minds over. Mm-hmm. I know how important it is to Smash fans, but I don't feel like it's, But you this know, is if we ran Nintendo, I guess. Yeah, and, and, and I'm not saying that it's a, it's a horrible game by any stretch of yeah. imagination. No, same here. But I just feel like when I looked at my list and I was like, what are the games that changed everything for the genre or for whatever, I don't feel like smash changed the genre. Now I could be wrong and that's probably debatable to be honest yeah. with you, but yeah, I feel like get- when you look at like street fighter and mortal Kombat, though, and killer instinct, like there was so many fighting games at that time, but I feel like street fighter and mortal Kombat have been the ones that kind of set the bar and the tone. And then, don't get me wrong, though. Smash is like a juggernaut in terms of fighting games. Uh, but I don't feel like Melee was that game that did that. I well, feel and like- I, I would have said the exact same thing at the same time that you just said that. But pairing those two against each other and kind of doing a bit of a comparison and going, yes, Street Fighter 2 and Mortal Kombat set the bar. It was taking the arcade experience and giving it in your home. Like, that's something that we hadn't seen before. So that was a revolutionary time in and of itself. But... When you look at what Smash Brothers did compared to that, because at the time we're looking at Killer Instinct, Street Fighter 2, Tekken, uh, Virtual Fighter, they're all the same. They're all like you pair two guys up against each other and they all had a Ryu kind of character or um, Jago or all, like they always had a ninja guy and they always had like archetypes that were very, very similar. 
And then you take this and you go like four players with your friends and Mario's beating the crap out of Kirby and that's the way it should yeah. be. Yeah. So I um, don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of I'm back and forth on this because I think it, it did change what became a very dry um, offering for in the fighting industry. And it was it, you just infuse it with that Nintendo magic. Yeah. So I could see. Let's see where we go with this. Okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not really gonna like put my neck out too much for Smash. Yeah. To be honest with you, yeah. but I, I, I feel like we should probably have like a pretty respectable push for it. Yeah. Push for it. Yeah. And I'm not gonna fight you about him. You know, we'll, we'll see what else we have in the we'll, Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what else we have, and then we'll see what rises to the top. All right. All right. What's What's the next game you have? Okay. The next one that I have is um. I, now we're into my top five. Mm-hmm. And this one is, uh, it's irrefutable. Wii Sports is one of the most important games to ever hit video games in the history of mankind. Whether or not you think that it's great, but it mean it meant that my entire family was down in my, in my basement, crammed in there. There's six of us plus like friends and and girlfriends and whatever at the time. Mm-hmm. And my dad is I'll never forget this as long as I live. He's he thinks the technology is so good. It can actually measure his other hand. So when he, we're playing tennis, he's he's got the ball in his hand. He's miming. He's, he's like cradling in his hand. And he throws it up and he does a perfect spike. And then he's like waddling around like he's a little me character playing playing tennis and stuff. That is one of the games that just it, it expanded the audience. And yeah. it was a good game. It yeah. wasn't just it wasn't like Candy Crush expands the audience because yeah. it's just this addicting, totally... Um, it's after people's addiction. Yeah. It, this, it was genuinely like innovative. It was fun. It was whimsical. And it was something that we'd never seen before. Yeah. And then it sold 100 million copies. So there's that. Well, the thing the thing for me is, and why it's on my list as well, um, yeah. I feel like it revolutionized gaming. It changed it. It brought motion controls into gaming. Um, it did something different. It took, it took a, a generation that PlayStation and Xbox should have owned Nintendo. Yep. HD, man. And they didn't. Mm-hmm. They di- Nintendo Wii crushed them both, like, just put them on their rear end and was just mm-hmm. like, stay. We're just going to trounce you right now. Might have been one of the last killer apps. One of the, it might have been yeah. one of the last things where you go like, I want this system for this yeah. one game. Yeah. And that was worth it. And for me personally, I was out. I was out of mm-hmm. video games. I was done. I played Wii Sports at my brother's house, and that was it. I mm-hmm. was in, back, big bad way. I went out and got a Nintendo Wii just for that game, and then fell in love with Galaxy and Twilight Princess and all the amazing games that were on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so for me, I feel like, yes, it, it deserves to be on the list which by those other games by the way are not on my list for this yeah. like i think that just shows yeah and i'd be very curious to see what people have to say about some of these picks and what their own picks would be yeah um for an, an initial offering into a hall of fame because i think yeah. it's important too that in and of itself it's not just which games will end up in a hall of fame which we'll get to yeah. next year like this is the first go i think it's important for i think that the to first year has to be game changers revolutionary you know like when i look at mm-hmm. Past Hall of Fames, and I, I, I reference the WWE just because it is what it is. But the first time, the first year that they had the Hall of Fame, Andre the Giant went in because yeah. he revolutionized the sport. The yeah. first year that NASCAR did it, Dale Earnhardt went in. He revolutionized the sport. So it's like it's it's something you I feel like is something that like just changes the trajectory of everything. Mm-hmm. So. What is uh, yeah, I'm with you. 
What is what is your next game you have? This one I'm not sure that actually the next two I've got question marks on. So I don't know if I can count this as one game or if it's worth splitting this into two. Um, but Pokemon Red and Blue okay. is my next offering. Uh, I think this this created an entire generation of gamers. Yeah. Um, it, it, it revolutionized what you could do on a Game Boy. This was something where, well, actually that aspect I want to walk back just a little bit. The, the trading was revolutionary, but you, you were playing multiplayer stuff on Game Boy before that with Tetris yeah. kind of right yeah. out of the gates. Yeah. Um, but the 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 two skews is so different. The two things where you, like I've got blue and you've got red, and then we've got to trade together because there's some that are only available on mine versus yours. Yeah, it kickstarted an entire industry. It's a, there's a whole company around it, and it's still here thirty years later or whatever it's been twenty five yeah. years or something crazy like that. Yeah. yeah. So again, like this is something that I wish that I had more of an affinity to but i just i got lincoln pointing out pikachu and then chelsea was out at walmart earlier today and he sees a pikachu stuffy and he goes pikachu and how do you not buy he goes please pikachu so now he's (laughs) we watched we watched the pokemon direct together and he's just like he's loving it man so this is something that persists and has a lot of stamina so i think i think we have to i think about uh i wanted to make sure that Game Boy was also represented Mm -hmm. um in some way so that's why pokemon red and blue are on my list i think if to to a degree, I think you're right. I think that that is a game that you like you said created generation. I remember when um, you and I had this conversation, and I said to you, "I feel like the Switch is going to do amazing because of the fact of at the time you were doing We the Gamercast, mm-hmm. and every single person that was a Sony fan mm-hmm. or a kind of funny fan kept when you talked to them, they all their their gateway drug into gaming was Pokemon." Big time. And I kept saying to you, like, man, if all these kind of funny people get a true Pokemon game on the Switch, they're all buying Switches. Like, they're all coming over. And they Mm -hmm. all have, you know, for the most part. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I think you're pretty spot on with that one. Yeah, thanks. Um, What is – what's your next game? Okay. So this, to your point about um, it being a Nintendo game, I think maybe at the time it was Nintendo. Okay. Uh, Tetris is one of the most famous games on the planet. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if this counts. I actually maybe I guess I could have looked this up, but because like it doesn't, it's not still owned by by Nintendo. I don't know if that disqualifies it. But it was so uh, synonymous with mm-hmm. the Game Boy, and so like that's what you thought about. Like everybody, I think there's a, there's a picture of Hillary Clinton playing Tetris on like on Air Force One or something in back of the day. Yeah. That might be a totally made up reference, but everybody was playing Tetris. It's one of the best puzzle games of all time. And I, I have to, I got to push it forward, man. How can you not? But is it disqualified? I have and it on my it list is, too. Yeah. Okay. So I had a backup and, of and, Dr. Mario. And but. the reason, and the reason why I put Tetris on my list was for the simple fact of, again, when that game launched, nobody Nobody was buying a Game Boy for Tetris. It came packed in. It was like, what is this game? I don't care about this game. But then everybody fell in love with it. And it was, again, it was a game that moms and grandmoms were buying a Game Boy to play. And I feel like when you have stuff like that, it is revolutionary. Mm -hmm. Now, at the time, Nintendo didn't own the game. Um, They still don't own the game. It is owned by a Russian man, um, and it's licensed out. I, it, that might have changed at this point, but at that time, the creator had the license, and there was a dispute because he said he had the license. Someone else said they had the license. Because I remember when it hit the Game Boy, also 
Tengen, which is also Atari, put it on the NES on a cartridge, and it was started this big dispute and this big lawsuit. Nintendo right. wound up beating them and shutting down that game. But so at that time, it was a console exclusive. It was a Nintendo exclusive. So I think that it essentially should kind of get a look. So we'll go there. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And that's um, yeah, I don't have anything else okay. either. Okay. What is uh? What's your next scene? Next one I have is uh, a link to the past. We're starting to get into. I needed a Super Nintendo game, and mm-hmm. for me, I mean, the, I think the tricky part is, and maybe you, you felt the same way as you're going through. I'm like, I could fill this top five with like the best five Mario games. Yeah. Right. And I feel yeah. like the same could could be said about Zelda. So for yeah. me, a link to the past over the first, the original uh, Link. Um, I think it's just a stronger a stronger game. It could be argued that in it, in its time, uh, the, the original Zelda might have been like it. It really was revolutionary. But I think I think a link to the past when it launched, people recognize that as a better, more accessible, more fun, more thought out game, fleshed out game than the original uh, mm-hmm. was at its time. That's a, it's a very difficult thing to really evaluate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's some there's some things detracting the original uh, Legend of Zelda. Uh, from from being the the initial offering in the Hall of Fame. So okay, I have the original Zelda. I figured list. you might, yeah. And I don't have Link to the Past on my mm-hmm. list. And Link to the Past is my favorite Zelda game of all time. Mm-hmm. So the way I looked at it was without the original Zelda, Link to the Past doesn't happen. I mean, yeah. And okay, so that's gonna play with my next one too. Okay, okay. So the, so when I looked at it, I was like. At the time, that game was revolutionary. That mm-hmm. game was the first true open world game. Um, that game was it, it created so many trends that so many games copied to this day. There are so many things that that franchise, which got kickstarted with that original game, just copies. It was the first mm-hmm. action RPG to some degree. Um, it, it did so many things so well. It didn't hold your hand. It just let you go loose. You could jump into the eighth dungeon by mistake rather than the first dungeon. Um, you know, not necessarily that, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like you could go, you could start to take some of the dungeons out of order if you mm-hmm. so chose. Um, there was so many secrets and, and mysteries. I feel like as much as I love Link to the Past, I feel like with A Link to the Past, it starts our trend of, very formulaic, meaning yeah. you need the hook shot to beat this level, and you need the boomerang to beat this level, you need the arrows to beat this level, well, and that, that wasn't that, like that's that a bad in the thing original. To bring up, I think, I think that's the thing is that that really set the tone for a number of games, which is sort of part of our criteria here. Is that that thing landed on something new that set the formula for many, and whether or not you like that formula, that's maybe one thing or another. But the fact that it had that kind of influence on how many games well, well, all the way into a transition into 3d what that's i mean part of it. well yeah and, and but i think that like it became very handholding. yeah and that's not when i look at the originals and it became very handholding because zelda 2 was so difficult yeah that nintendo tried to rein it back in and oh, then sure. sadly it was just a matter of when they did the next one well they, after link to the past they went to 3d Ocarina mm-hmm. and, and Majora's Mask, and all that, but they've never gone back. Well, the, the handheld ones did go back. Um, 
I but, think with A Link but, to the Past, they discovered that it was endearing, that Zelda and Link had were had endearing um, characteristics to them. Mm-hmm. Whereas the first game, it was everything was pretty dire. It was a pretty yeah. um, like it was a pretty difficult land, and mm-hmm. every and the game itself was very difficult. But it, things started to become a little bit more whimsical, I think, with the next one. And and I think between the first one and then by the time it got to Super Nintendo, the TV series started to come out, and you started to think about like how fantastical all of this stuff was. And I think that got a little bit more fleshed out but i'm not fighting you too hard on this one because i think you make a good point that there is yeah i i i I wanted to make sure that super nintendo was represented on this list and without this game i don't have that and whether or not that is hugely important that's up for discussion as well because i do not have a super nintendo game for the next one and i would argue that there's actually two games in a mario series before i would go to the super nintendo okay so what is what do you have one more game i got one more game okay and I'm assuming it, I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I am assuming you're gonna go Mario three. I am, and okay. I had Mario. I, I originally typed up Super Mario one, and I thought just man, things really start. Things really ramped up with three. Yeah. The the character of Mario, the way that we know him of, of like his visual representation, is Mario three. It's not Mario. It's not the side sort of like blocky looking Super Mario. What we know of Mario and the way that everybody has such an affection for him is based, I think, on Mario t- or 3 and beyond. They made a movie mm-hmm. out of this thing. I, I would argue that it's the best of the Mario brothers, and I think that has something to do with it. However, if you were to tell me that Mario 1 is the one that we have to go with, again, I'm not going to... That one is a difficult... It's difficult to argue that. What I'm also considering in all of this is what is the mix of games? Are we just looking at the first of everything? Because then, like, why didn't we have like Metroid in there? And just then the whole thing becomes a bunch of. No, I don't think I don't think it needs to be the first. I have the original Mario on my list, and this is why. The original Mario is the first game I even wrote down. Yeah, because because if I was being true. To this Hall of Fame, my feeling would be the first year, you mm. only put one game in. And mm. then you start to build your library after that. But it doesn't make a good podcast if we only did one game. Yeah, and I, I do feel like I'm pouring a little bit more of my preference into this more than anything. I think that is the true, the yeah. truest answer. My thing is this, and maybe I just have a different perspective because I was older during that, when that game launched, that game saved gaming. Yeah. Super Mario turned the downward spiral of gaming in the United States back upwards. That game changed everything. And without Mario, there's no Nintendo, there's no gaming today. I feel like Mario is the house. Well, the Nintendo Mario's the house that Nintendo built. And it's basically, you know, it's the house of Mario and that's all it is. And everything is predicated upon Mario. And without the original, there's none of this. We don't even have this conversation. Mm-hmm. And you know, Where's it's Donkey a, Kong land in any of this. Do you have Donkey Kong on your list? I don't I well, I have a don't I have Donkey Kong Country and we'll get into that when yeah. it's my turn to go. But like for me, I think about you know, in my mind, Donkey Kong's an arcade game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like... It, but, it's, I mean, it's a Nintendo arcade game. I'm, no, I'm I know, kind I, of doubting I, myself listen, on this Listen, I, I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying yeah. is, is 
Donkey Kong did not drive the, the NES. That yeah. original Super Mario Brothers drove the NES. It took yeah. what we knew at the time of gaming, which was the Atari 2600, and just turned it on its side. And mm-hmm. it was just like, this is the be-all, end-all. Yeah. And this is the game that so many games today try to emulate and try to be like. And when you look at platforming games, there is no better game yeah. than a Mario game. Like, yep. spot-on platforming skills. Like, it is insane. Yeah, and right good. on the gates, too. Yes. Let's, let, like, that's the thing. We look stop at on a dime. Like, you can yeah. stop on a dime. Your jumping had to be precise all the time. Mm-hmm. So Secrets. amazing. Yes. <clears throat> For me, if I was actually doing an Nintendo yeah, I'm, not thing, gonna, I'm not going to fight you on this. I, yeah. think, I think if I were to really yeah. look at it, if I'm trying to really visualize what a ceremony would look like in Super Mario 1, isn't there that... That might be a little weird. Yeah. So, that I mean, if, like, I'll go back to what I was saying originally. I'll just repeat myself here real quickly. If I was doing a Hall of Fame starting from scratch, it would be one game. That would be the game year over. Yeah. The next year, we build off of that. That's just my opinion. That's how important to me yep. I feel this game is. Not just to Nintendo, to video games. Mm-hmm. Because, again, without that game, the industry is dead. You know, yeah. because they, that just turns everything back around. So, um, the only games that I have on my list, I've got three games on my list that you didn't have on your list. So, we'll start mm-hmm. with the original Super Mario Kart. Um, and I don't even think that that, I think that just basically revolutionized karting games. It's not a big game. It's the last one on my list, so it's really not an important one on mine. Mm-hmm. I just thought, like... We need to have a mix of games in here. Yep. Um, I'm with you. But I don't as – I'm, as I'm listening to your list and, my, and I'm looking at my list, I don't even think this game belongs on the list. Yeah. It's tricky. Well, we'll show it a little bit of love in that like it instantly created a genre and then yeah. also kept all other oncomers out. Yes. Like it was fueled by the power of Mario and the, and the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah. And there's no – there was no chance for anybody to even come close to this. Yeah. Instantly, in one game, it was the same. You could say the same thing about Mario Kart that you could say about Super Mario. Yeah. In that nobody else, even after multiple tries, working at it, after game after game, after years and years and years of development, nobody can touch Mario's platforming. Nobody can touch Mario's karting. Um, So I think it is an important game. I'm glad you brought it up because it's definitely worth – it's part of the discussion. We're talking about five games. Yeah, that's that's hard. That's what makes it hard, man. Mm -hmm. Um, The next game, I'll go – I already said it, Donkey Kong Country. The original. And the reason why that one to me is so important to gaming is this introduced, like, when we thought that the Super Nintendo was dead, Mm -hmm. when Nintendo was talking about an N64 at the time, an Ultra 64, when Sony was coming on the scene and starting to talk about polygonal gaming and all that stuff, Nintendo threw this game out called Donkey Kong Country, and it blew everything everybody away mm-hmm. the graphics the music everything was just the revival of donkey kong it turned it brought donkey kong back mm-hmm. it made it like a household name it made rare a household name exactly that's like, what i was gonna it say just, it just it, it trusted this unknown relatively unknown studio in the middle of nowhere really. yeah yeah like have donkey kong yeah 
what? Yeah. This is one of this is one of my favorite games and on you got you guys know this about me and Donkey Kong Land was my main touch point with yeah. with cuz I mean, never had a super. Um but I had Game Boy, man. I had my green Game Boy and my yellow case for Donkey Kong. Lincoln and I were just at the at the mall and we looked there's a retro store there. Mm-hmm. And um I don't know, man. Something just came over me. I was walking by and I looked and saw they had all they had um all three Game Boy games and they're all yellow and I just looked over I'm like, "Lincoln, look, that's Donkey Kong Land." And I just had this like that was really special to me, like when I was a kid. And like, I mean, it doesn't mean anything to him, but it was just like this. Damn, that was like it brought me back instantly, and uh, it was a special moment, man. I don't know yeah. why. It's just a, a silly little thing, but I looked at that cart, and it just, I had a little Nintendo nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> um, the final game that's on my list that you didn't have is Super Metroid. Um, yeah. And and there is. No doubt in my mind that this game belongs in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. This game has created a genre that when they when they coined the phrase Metroidvania, right? My feeling is is shut up with the Vania part because mm-hmm. that's not Castlevania. Castlevania is one, two, three, four. Like there were so many Castlevanias before they took the Metroid style and implement it in the Castlevania. Mm-hmm. What Nintendo created with Metroid, how many games today, indie game after indie game after indie game, everything is Metroidvania style. Yeah. And you don't have a Vania style without the Metroid. And it is to me one of the most important game, because here's the thing. If you played the original Metroid, it was so incredibly hard, so incredibly mind-numbing how difficult that game was. Mm-hmm. But and, atmospheric as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. But then you look at the second one, and to me, the second one is the one that really pushes what it learned on the first Big to time. a different yeah. level. And it mm-hmm. it just takes the music up a level, takes everything up a level. And... To me, when you think and you talk to people that are huge fans of Metroid, 99% of them point to Super Metroid as the gateway drug to them mm-hmm. and what got them in. Nobody ever talks about the original Metroid. They might talk about a couple of Metroids and they might talk about Prime and all that stuff. But like the original Metroid, Super Metroid, to me, is the one that starts, stops, the story is there, and that's where it is. Mm-hmm. So... At this point, I think we should do our games and get the games knocked out before we move into the people. Um, mm-hmm. But on my list, and I'll just throw this out there. On my list, I feel like there's four that are musts to go yep. in. Um, I feel like su- the original Super Mario is a must yep. to go mm-hmm. in. I feel like the original Legend of Zelda is a must to go in. I agree. Yep. I feel like Super Metroid is a must to go in. And I feel like GoldenEye is a must to go in. But... I don't know how you feel about that, and I don't know from your list if you feel like anybody else. So the things that are left off. So I was sort of Mm -hmm. checking off like the things that we both had, and the things that are that we both had that are now left off are um, Tetris and Wii Sports. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm. I'm actually. I wonder about Goldeneye versus any of those. So the ones that you mentioned, Zelda, Mario, Super Metroid, I think are indisputable. Mm-hmm. Especially the Super Metroid yeah. starting a genre that would last forever. And, yeah. I mean, they, they, they name the damn thing after yeah. it. Um, nobody's necessarily really doing that with 
Goldeneye. I think Tetris is probably more important than than Goldeneye. But um, I would argue. Wii Sports, man, but, but wait a oh, minute. This is tough. But here's the thing: Tetris, as big as it is, I personally would argue that Pokemon is more important than Tetris. Damn. Yeah. I, this is difficult. This is really. This is really tricky. And what is what is um like emblematic of Nintendo? I think maybe Pokemon that that has an edge there. Mm-hmm. You think, and you continue to think of. Of uh, Nintendo and Pokemon having that that symbiotic relationship, there is yeah. no getting away from one or the other. Whereas Tetris obviously went off and they did their own thing. Yeah. So maybe with an initial offering, that might be one thing that kind of disqualifies Tetris. Yeah, and I'd be on board with that. That's why I sort of had it and, asterisk at the start with it. And to be legitimate, like Tetris is not a Nintendo game. Right, they licensed it, and that mm-hmm. the, and anytime it's ever been on a Nintendo console, it's been licensed or it's been another company. Mm-hmm. bringing it over like you had Puyo Puyo Tetris that wasn't Nintendo that was Sega you know that Sega brought it over Ubisoft had it for a while like mm-hmm. it's like every couple of years someone buys the license and licenses it out um I don't even know who owns Tetris 99 I know who did 99 exactly I don't know so for me personally I would say Tetris is okay to leave off Okay, but I feel like Pokemon Red and Blue is probably the replacement for that one. Okay, so we we now agree on Zelda one, Mario one, Super Metroid, mm-hmm. Pokemon, which is one, two, three, four. So, so, we, so to choose on the fifth one is yeah. between Wii Sports and Goldeneye. Okay, um, whew. that's tough. I think man. like for me, one is pretty clear. I think to me, I think Wii Sports edges it out. Mm-hmm. Because I am, it was it was Nintendo still. I think all of these things, aside from maybe Pokemon, um, like Goldeneye was rare. Rare has moved on. There's all that weird stuff about. I think Wii Sports was more more integral in Nintendo's success and ongoing success mm-hmm. than than Goldeneye. That might be the only thing that edges it out. Even though I probably played Goldeneye way more. I think a lot of people probably played more Pokemon or uh, Goldeneye way more. So let's this is a tough one though. So let's put a pin in it. For real, real quick, so I want to throw another wrinkle to it. I agree with what you're saying. I don't. I wouldn't take Golden Eye. Mm-hmm. I feel like Wii Sports is probably there, except mm-hmm. against Smash. Yeah, and I just don't know <sighs> because my my <laughs> thing my thing is is like when I look at it, and I go, I know what Wii Sports did. I know what it created. I know what it did mm-hmm. for Nintendo. But also at the same time, when you look at Melee and what that has done for the competitive scene for Nintendo, mm-hmm. um, it's changed the way Nintendo looks at competitive. They never looked at competitive until Smash came back uh, with Smash 4 on the Wii U. Um, and now Ultimate, like, that's all. But it did it sell systems to the degree that Wii Sports did. Like, I think that might be the one thing. I, I know, obviously know the answer to that. Is obviously well, no. Let's be fair. If if Wii Sports was not a packing game, would it have sold as many games? And we don't well, know that answer. That is that is tricky. You're right because because if people we, they would have to then go buy Wii Sports. Yeah. Afterwards, but the argument that I'm trying to make, I think, is that yes, I think they probably would have because everybody who bought a Wii did it because they played Wii Sports at somebody else's house and they're like, mm-hmm. I want to go get that. So whether or not it was a packing game or not, I think they probably would have sold – I think they would have sold very well, astronomically well. Because when you look at like Wii Sports Resort, 
that didn't sell as much as Brawl. Well, it was done then. That's the thing is that, that maybe is the argument against this is that Smash Brothers created something that was ongoing and persistent. Yeah. Whereas Wii Sports was the right game at the right time for a moment. And, and that's, that's the thing. It. When you look at it, like when I look at the two games, I look at the one that created something that has pushed the envelope today. Mm-hmm. Like they just put out that number that like now I know we're not I talking know. smash now, but like you look at the amount of att- you look at the attach rate. Right. Mm-hmm. And Wii Sports isn't even talked about anymore. Mm-hmm. So when you so to me, when you look at it as and and smash on on the N64 isn't the game to me that pushes the pushes it to what it is. It's melee. It's yeah, very yeah, similar, totally. very similar to Super Metroid in my mind, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it pushes it to the next level and everybody raises expectations on it. Well, that's that was my argument for Super Mario Three, but I, that's water under the bridge. I don't yeah, want to go back yeah, there, yeah, but because yeah, yeah. like the argument that you had back, which I think is a strong one, is that we don't have that one unless we have that first one. Yeah, but that first one in Mario and Zelda's case, those are masterpieces. Yeah, I'm not sure that anybody's really looking at uh, Smash for the 64 and go like, that's a masterpiece. No. The other wrinkle that I'll I'll add to this is, um, quick, right off the top of your head, who made Wii Sports? Who's the person responsible for Wii Sports? I don't know. Who's the household name who's responsible for Smash? Everybody knows. Everybody knows Sakurai. It created um, a career for this guy, and he made him a household name. So not only the game itself, but the the person behind it. And here's the other thing, too. That might be worth recognizing. And I think this is why Melee is the game that it is in my mind is – because there's tournaments today that is, what, oh, yeah, 15, the, 20 years later, that they're still playing Melee. Yeah, they forego the other games that have come yeah, out since then. They don't play yeah. Brawl. And when Smash yeah. 4 came out, there was arguments of which one was better. And mm-hmm. now Ultimate's out. And now there's arguments of which is better, Ultimate or Melee. I, I feel know, like Melee is always in the yep. mix. And So for me, I would say Melee is the fun. I'm, I'm surprised by this because I felt like I was sort of like, I was feeling almost a little silly of bringing Smash to the table on this one, but I think when we look at the other games and we go, these are no-brainers, mm-hmm. then it clarifies things a little bit. Isn't that great? Man, that's a good topic. Yeah, that's that fun. was good. That was good. Okay, so do you want to quickly recap for the people so the recap, uh, not okay. writing this down in front of them? Yeah, so we'll recap. So the first game to go in, Super Mario Brothers, uh, the original one on the NES. Second game, Legend of Zelda, the original one, NES. The third game, Super Metroid on the Super Nintendo. Um, the fourth game, Pokemon Red and Blue on the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. And then the fifth game, last final game, uh, Smash Melee on the GameCube. <laughs> and the thing that is, is weird. <laughs> and the thing is, is we have, <clears throat> I think we have a good representation of consoles mm-hmm. as well. I agree. Which is nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we have the NES, we have the Game Boy, we have the Super Nintendo, and the GameCube. I think it's mm-hmm. a good representation of, I of love Nintendo, it. so I do too. Now, let's talk people. Okay. Um, I brought two. You brought yep. two. Yeah. Are um, we going with one then? We got to pick one out okay. of the two. Um, my, I'll do. I'll read mine, and then we'll discuss. I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting. So, Iwata. Um, oh. I have Iwata on my list. I feel like what this guy did for Nintendo, he did a couple of firsts. Number one, he was the first non-Nintendo family member to be a president. Up until that point, Mm -hmm. every single um, president of Nintendo was a Yamuchi. 
Mm-hmm. And he was the first one that wasn't. And he come in, he creates, you know, he, he's the president while the Wii and the DS are there. Two of the most successful consoles in Nintendo's history. He comes back. He flops on the Wii U, stumbles out the gates of the 3DS, and as a true hero, he takes a pay cut rather than fire or lay off people. Mm-hmm. And then he is the architect of the Switch. And there's stories, he's on his deathbed kind of orchestrating what Zelda's going to become, what Odyssey's going to become what the switch is going to be. And there's also stories of him as president, literally doing his presidential duties during the day and then going and programming for smash melee at night. Um, and, and, and fixing the code for that. There's mm-hmm. also storied, um, tales of earthbound was an absolute train wreck. He goes in, he meets with Etoy and says to Etoy, I can take your code, I can fix your code, and it's going to take me three years to get the game where it needs to be, or you can let me rewrite the entire game and I'll have it done for you like in a year and a half, two years. Mm -hmm. And like the guy was a genius in my mind. And I feel like he would, it'd be a good place to have him in there. Um, did you not have I- Iwata on your list? I no. I okay. think. I, I, did you have who's? The, I had Miyamoto. Okay, so, so I think that's. I anticipated okay. that's going to be on both. Okay, yeah. So then Miyamoto is the next one. But do you want to talk about Iwata at all before I we move on? I or? mean, I, I can't. I feel like I can't wax poetic better than you can. Okay, I think I agree absolutely with everything. The the nature of his character was undeniable. Yeah, and everything that he lived, breathed, and and he was relatable as well. He did all of those things that you just said, and he also created the Nintendo Direct. Yeah. He changed the way that, for better or for worse, like he changed the direction of E3 that would go on beyond his yeah. passing, unfortunately. Um, so, man, he he is a special he is a special individual in this, and I I went a little bit more OG. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason okay. um, that he was not one of uh, the one of uh, one of my two. So my other one's Miyamoto, of course. Um, and when you look at I mean, when you just look at this list that we created mm-hmm. of games, yep, uh, Super Mario Brothers, he created, mm-hmm. yep. Legend of Zelda, he created, mm-hmm. Donkey Kong, he created, he had his hands on Metroid, he had his hands um, involved in uh, Super Mario Kart, he had his hands involved in Smash, mm-hmm. um, everything, like every single solitary thing that Nintendo did. He had his hands in. I and feel like he is the personification of Nintendo. You yeah. look at that man, and you're like, "That's if if they need if they didn't have their logo, you would just use his face yeah. instead." Like he just you look at him, and his brain is working on another level. Mm-hmm. He is he is so like he's he's the kind of guy who goes, "Hey, I really like this Goldeneye game, but at the end, just so that we make sure that people don't think that they're murdering each other in cold blood, let show them in a hospital shaking each other's hands." Yeah, like that's he's just. He's a different character, and Nintendo is mm. not what they are today without Miyamoto. He is yeah. the he's the heartbeat of yeah. the organization. I mean, I remember when the Wii came out, and 
they were, I mean, like, people can mock it and make fun of Wii Music and stuff, but they made that game based off of Miyamoto because mm-hmm. his love for music, they went and created that game wrapped around him. And yep. I remember reading an article where they told Miyamoto, stop talking about your hobbies in public because that's the future <laughs> of our games. And we yeah. don't want and we don't want the competition to, to copycat yeah. our stuff. And when you look at this man and what he created with Nintendo, like it's just mind blowing. The games, and no ego, no ego, no and like, ego. Part of that, part of that is is the Japanese. Oh yeah, I think. yeah, 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 yeah. But but yeah, like um, that doesn't really apply either. I think because you can see Kojima. Yeah. Who puts his name across the front fifteen minutes of the original Metal Gear Solid? Yeah, <laughs> and he's on, so he's all over the place. So I think that does make it special. I don't make it fun of uh, uh, Kojima, but I want to sort of create a bit of a, a juxtaposition comparing the what other, happens with an auteur like yeah. uh, Miyamoto versus the other Kojima. thing. The other thing I just want to add on, tack on real quick, is every single game that we play today, yeah, he's had his hands on mm-hmm. Arms, Splatoon, like these are games. That are people that he trained and taught, and they like he's taught these young kids the Nintendo way, more or mm-hmm. less. He is the Walt Disney of Nintendo. He really is, and I and feel he has like people who yeah. get to work with him weeping in tears with yeah. pride, and he's inspired again not just generations of gamers but generations of developers, yeah. and shown that you can have a a good heart and a light heart. And and bring magic to video games and inspire kids and adults alike. I think that, that those are huge reasons. Not anything that this is a difficult conversation because it sounds like I'm saying a lot to sort of bring Iwata down, and that's not no. really what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. at all. But he set he did something different from the beginning, and he continues to do something different and find success in that. Yeah. I just I just will always go back to you. If you hit it out of the park, you're first at bat. Mm-hmm. Holy crap, dude. Like you haven't even started practicing yeah. yet. And you're just like masterpiece after masterpiece after masterpiece. I think when we talk about an initial offering, an initial inductee, I think you have to go I think you have to go a little bit more OG than perhaps Awada, but maybe we can leave that until the final decision. I agree. What's uh what what was your other well, Nominate. I think for for me, Miyamoto was like it was such a no brainer, yeah. and then I was like, who who else? If I'm thinking about like OG and how do, especially here in like North America, how do we how do we participate with with Nintendo? Because there was a very um, purposeful and a lot of concerted energy put into the transition of Nintendo Nintendo from Japan to America, and so my my first or my second person, I guess I was going to put forward was uh, Arakawa, the first. Uh, and first president of Nintendo of America and the founder of Nintendo of America, he set the bench for they added that original bench of, of executives yeah. to make huge decisions and shape the face of Nintendo that we all that we all kind of like interacted with. Yeah, he hired the the people who were in charge of creating Nintendo Power. He brought over Donkey Kong. He had Howard Lincoln as part of his team. Like he really shaped the like. There's no Reggie without him. Yeah, there's no there's probably no Nintendo at E3 without that like in yeah. terms of the promotional side and then working with um the retailers back in the day yeah and making an nes in a market where everybody's giving up on video games yeah um from a business standpoint i think he played a key role whereas miyamoto played the role that same role but more on the creative developing games yeah. but 
you, you could be argue that like it's more it's kind of like a chicken and egg thing like how do you sell the thing without the games or how do you yeah. make the games without the thing without an audience to buy the, the stuff so it's it's tricky but i wanted to give a bit of a shout out to the person who brought nintendo to to america not bad that's it um i think it's i think it's a no-brainer but, like it's a, how do you fight against miyamoto you like, can't you can't and and yeah. and, and i think and, and it's the truth i i love iwata um, I literally cried when I found out he died. Yeah, man. Um, but I feel like he's more of, in this particular situation, I feel like he's more of a sympathy vote than, like, I. the reason why I put him on there is because, because of his passing. Mm-hmm. I feel like if he was still alive today, I wouldn't even consider him against Miyamoto. I would yeah. have just been like, it's Miyamoto all day long. And I think yeah. the reason why, great, don't get me wrong, the accomplishments, the feats that he's done, it deserves. It's deserving mm-hmm. of a whole theme. And he'd probably be in the running again next year to, to go in. Um, but for me, when I look at it, I go, Miyamoto, man, he was, he was before Iwata. Mm-hmm. Untimely death, he's after Iwata. But, like, I don't know what he does, per se, today, but he's still touching. I mean, like, dude, he goes over and he works with Ubisoft and creates That's Mario exactly Rabbids. That's exactly what I'm thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. Then they do Starlink, and he he, he, he works with them a little bit for Star Fox. And it's like, mm-hmm. the guy is just, he's doing this the, the, the movie. He's working with the movie now for the Mario movie. And it, That's so he's got, got his hands in everything, dude. All those games are so dissimilar from each other. All the yeah. games that we talk about that he's that he's touched on totally different games he's yeah. not making he's not making smash for his, his entire life he goes mm. from mario to zelda from donkey kong even before that yeah. these are all hugely different games yeah. so he and and the music and everything else and he's bringing his life experience but i could go on and on about well know, the thing of it is, is, is the, thing, the, the thing of it is, is this is like when i originally said he is the walt disney of nintendo and it is Big the time. truth mm-hmm. it is the god's honest truth without miyamoto there is no nintendo mm-hmm. without mario there is no Nintendo, and, and Miyamoto created Mario. So, in my opinion, Miyamoto needs to go in the first class. That's so, good. So, we'll Dig recap it. it one more time. Everything. Uh, the, the the person of choice is Mr. Miyamoto. Super. The Mario. real reason you didn't go with Iwata is because his work on Kirby, though. Let's just stop it. I'm, I'm getting ready to re- recap, and you totally flubbed it on me. Um, sorry. <laughs> the, this top of the list, Super Mario Brothers, the original. Legend of Zelda, the original, Super Metroid on the Super Nintendo, um, Pokemon Red and Blue, Smash Melee, Mr. Miyamoto. That is all, but we do have a special uh, one more topic coming. For those that are listening to us on Patreon, for $1 a month, you get an actual additional topic. This week, Lee Navarro, Mark Carabin, we felt like the topics were very similar, so we're going to use them. Uh, Lee Navarro, what one piece of gaming technology do you want to see be adopted by Nintendo for their next console? Mark Carabin, how, if at all, would you take advantage of AR for Nintendo's mobile game efforts in the future? Pokemon Go is an obvious example. Minecraft Earth is taking to the next level. Where could Nintendo take AR? So with that, we're going to, if you're listening on Patreon, we're going to continue. If not, thank you guys for listening. Check out everything that Sean Capri is doing over on Twitter. Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. Check me out. Instagram, Twitter, at Nintendo Gurus. Peace out, Preston. 
Bye bye and play some Kirby video games like Kirby Smash uh, the, the Golf Ball game for the Super Nintendo.